Thanks for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. Other podcasts are available at brumradio.com. Imagine yourself as one of the crew of this faster-than-light spaceship of the future, sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventures. Baffling questions, astounding questions, that not even the world's greatest scientific minds can answer. Computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. You are listening to Geeky Brummy. Welcome to this week's Geeky Brummy podcast. Uh, I'm Keith. I'm sitting in the centre chair this week while Ryan takes a well-deserved shore leave. I'm here with our regular geeky crew. Uh, hi, my name's Guy and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> That's my line. Hi, I'm Phil. And he's an alcoholic. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Callum. And he's a sexaholic. <laughs> it feels weird not being introduced this week. I know, I thought I'd let you introduce yourselves, as you've all got your own kind of uh, serious problems. It's, it's like an AA meeting for geeks. Yeah, I thought you were going to go, instead of being alcoholic, I thought you might say, you know, I've got a problem watching too many episodes of Riverdale or something. Oh, I mean, don't even get me started on that show. I've realised this, this centre chair is also very creaky. So if, if I move about, it creaks. You just let one drop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I am also very creaky myself now that I've reached a certain age. <laughs> oh. So we've got lots ahead on this week's show, so keep your ears to your headphone sockets. That makes no sense whatsoever. Okay. I've, I've gone off. Keep them next to your large set of speakers. <laughs> Where was I going with this whole thing? Just listen. Everybody yeah. just listen. Just stay tuned. We apologise as well if there's noise outside because there's a congregation of fools doing something outside so if you hear sound they're not associated with us ignore them a, congre- a, con- a congregation of fools a sounds like a, fools. a new album from somebody that that would be <laughs> that's a previous reference <laughs> <laughs> our our long-term fans will uh, understand that burn <laughs> As a tie into another show, guys, involved in with uh, uh, Kirk's Vinyl Frontier, I think I'm going to do a remix of a, a Manic Street Preachers song with Guy's dulcet tones in combined in, I think. Just saying. K. K. If you tolerate this, K. So, to keep our usual format, even though uh, Ryan does it so much better, oh, let's hit on what has everybody been doing this week. And I think we'll go in reverse order to what we usually do. So, I'm going to start with uh, my co-pilot here behind the desk and i'm gonna start with callan so callan how's your week been this week what have you been up to uh my week my week's actually been pretty good um quite laid back uh went did a lot of shopping this week went spent way too much money what did you buy i bought my first actual comic book like the first one that i physically bought myself oh my god he's lost his virginity (laughs) (laughs) also does this mean you've been a fraud all this time that you've been working on the geeky brummy show well, yeah, but it's just like everyone else would buy me. It would just be like people would buy them for me. And so it's just like... Oh, that's like me with drinks. <laughs> yes. Well, that's because like you're old enough now to get pocket money, so... <laughs> he's got his bike, so he's obviously earning a bit of cash from doing a paper round. <laughs> Have you ever had a paper round? I had a paper round for like two days. Technically one and a half day because I got fired on the second day, but... 
did you just leave all the papers like in a bush somewhere? Because that's what I did on mine. I, I did that yeah. as well. Like you know what? That is like slave labour, effectively a paper. Because you get like if you deliver a local paper. You get delivered a stack of papers on a Friday afternoon when you come home from school, and you're expected to cart a uh, hundred papers on your back. No I, wonder I've got back problems because I, I was carrying papers. School. I always had to do it before school. Oh, you're so a I had to be up at like six or a.m. or something stupid like that. So you like you were a deliverer of like a big tabloid paper then? Yes. Right. Okay. So there's two different types uh, of paper. No, right? I was the Shropshire Star. Yeah. yeah. You, I was the Shropshire Style. Shropshire Star. It's a local newspaper. Oh. <laughs> I thought you said the Shropshire Style. The Shropshire I, style. I am the Shropshire Style. <laughs> you just went to people's doors and knocked on them and check just, it out. It was basically like before this Queer Eye reboot even happened, I was there just being like, okay, first of all, this hair. What's going on, Mama? Tell me. <laughs> so, what else did you buy? You oh, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. A comic we went on a side break. We went on a side break. You um, spent a lot of money on a comic book, apparently. I went, bought a comic book, bought vinyl. Bought... Okay, and now colour me interested. What did you buy? Right. Let, let's, let, let's judge his record collection here. My record collection is still t- ridiculously tiny. Shall we guess? I think that he, I think that he signed up for a pure HMV card and bought Nevermind by Nevada because he's been I, on about that before. I already have, I already have a HMV pure card. I had to find it this week to go and buy that vinyl. Yeah. I was also going to get the greatest hits of Eminem, but unfortunately, <laughs> it, okay, okay, it was thirteen pounds on vinyl. I'm it's sorry, a, it's, a fair price. it's worth it. It's not his best album by. far. At all, but Cause it's a, well, a because it's the greatest hits, and nobody's ever like, oh, what's your favorite like deep cut album from this artist? <laughs> the greatest hits, volume one. Yeah. Also, Eminem. It's the year of our Lord, twenty eighteen. Who is still self-respectingly listening to Eminem? He did die after his fourth album. His last. I thought he was. I'm dead. sorry. His last album was all right for a pop rap. He's album. still making albums. Wow. He's probably going to release another one this year. I mean, like, I won't. Um, I'll admit it. The first album was it some shady LP. The, the congregation thoughts are making noise outside the door. Um, the some shady LP is a very good record. It, it's that's, crude as hell. That's the one with Stan on it, right? Or is that the no? Movie? That's the Marshall Mathers. Okay, okay. Uh, the best of will be good for me for a DJing purpose. I think I could I could drop mm. my name is. Although at the same time I could just play the track where Simon and Garfunkel, not Simon and Garfunkel, Chaz and Dave originally played on it. <laughs> wow, Simon <laughs> and Garfunkel to Chaz and Dave. Wow, that's a big, a big compliment to one of those duos and a big insult to another. <laughs> Do you know what though? Ironically, Chaz and Dave are probably the better duo. <laughs> oh, fewer ups and downs. <laughs> So what else? So you, okay, so you bought yes. Uh, so you basically, you went for whatever Pure HMV had on offer. Did you buy the U2 singles collection as well? I didn't, but I did consider it. Oh my god! <laughs> you took another collection no, of I best did, of. I did try go. I, I did try going round to like all the little like um, charity shops and stuff to get the vinyls, but they had nothing good. So it's because it was clear you'd obviously already been there. Now, like the Chazers are ripping people off these days, so they're starting to realise what they're getting. So if you're going to an Oxfam Books and Music, you'll go in there and you'll look at. You'll find a record. You'll see a Beatles record. Okay, a lot of people bought Beatles records. They're normally a good price. Mm. First edition, okay, maybe you get 20, 25 quid for it. Maybe see a first edition of a record. They've got £100. It's kind of like, you are never going to sell that record at £100. They are so misguided by what they put their prices on. Mm. Don't buy from a charity shop, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Don't buy records from a charity shop. Guys, opinions are not indicative of those of the Geeky Women podcast, can I just say. I buy clothes from a charity shop. I don't buy records. We can tell. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do you (laughs) 
Have you missed me, guys? Are you, Billy Bellis? <laughs> I think there's nothing wrong with buying clothes from a charity shop, to be honest. I mean, well, like, yeah, getting off waking the wage to not, so... <laughs> I have to. Oh. So, okay, so you bought two, yes. vi- two vinyls. No, I bought one vinyl. I was, I was going for two, uh, okay. and I didn't oh, get okay. one. So, so far, this week, you've bought a comic book and a vinyl. Yes, and then I spent £70 pound on some Timberland boots. Okay, this is a choice I can get behind. They're timeless, they're classic. Are they the, are they the, the classic tan colour? They're not. They're, like, black and white. Ooh. They're just trainers. They're not okay. trainers. They are just But trainers. still, I mean, I 70 grade on trainers, I can endorse that. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, uh, Carol, I'm not being funny. They're new shoes, right? They're, they're filthy already. What are you playing at? <laughs> well, have you been, like, walking through the hedges and fields in those? <laughs> it's been raining all week. Leave the boy alone. You know, there's a, a, period, there's a grace period with a new pair of shoes where you can't get them dirty for at least a month. You've got to try and keep them pristine for a month. Yeah, I used to have like a little box of baby wipes for my Adidas superstars. <laughs> I mean, and now oh, look wow. at them. they are—they look like they've been through through some some hell. <laughs> oh, How long you had them? Oh, like a year. It's fine. Oh wow, oh, that's acceptable. Yeah. You should get some of those little forensic booties that you can put over your shoes, so you can keep them nice and clean. Those little oh, kind my of God. like so that like when <laughs> if you ever go into like a nightclub or something, you're like, all right, <laughs> just oh, pop them on over your shoes. Or even into a cinema with a sticky ass floor. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to what comic you bought. Cause we, oh, we, we oh, went oh, straight oh. past that and straight to guys' guys' <laughs> own personal question. Hang on, should we try and guess what comic you bought? Uh, it's not going to be that difficult. It really isn't. I'm gonna, could it have been a Black Panther comic? What's everyone else's guess then? Uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> Is that actually a comic series? Yeah. Oh, um, well. Muppet Babies. <laughs> 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 well... So that's just the story of his uni days. <laughs> um, subtle plug plug, if you go onto the Geeky Brummy website now, you can actually see an article I wrote about this. Oh my god. Uh. <laughs> Hang on, somebody wrote something for the site, Callie. <laughs> Check back again next Tuesday at 6pm to see another article I wrote. Maybe a review of the best of Eminem. <laughs> so, so what was it? Uh, it was just the fir- uh, it was first edition um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic. Which is a fantastic comic book series, actually, and it's coming up to like its big Power Rangers equivalent of Civil War, basically. So, okay, you do like your Power Rangers. I do like my Power Rangers. I, I don't know. It was just a place that I could sort of start because I was like, I know they did comics. I'm like, fair enough. I've got an okay knowledge of Marvel, not the most knowledgeable in DC, but like I've got sort of a rough idea. So it's just like, well, start to go down alternative routes that aren't like. Other things. Okay. Although I did see something like um, Venomverse. <laughs> what is that? Like some kind of disease or something? <laughs> and it's just a, a series they're running at Marvel at the moment that's got lots of various characters taken over by the Venom symbiote. It's a bit crazy. I'm not really reading that one at the Seems, moment. Would you? Would you? Would you recommend? It I probably for a wouldn't. Or I probably wouldn't. I, uh, without reading it myself, I don't. I couldn't say yeah or nay on it. It's probably decent enough. Is it one of those situations where Tom Hardy's going to show up and people are interested? <laughs> a bit like in Peaky Blinders? <laughs> He's just going to come and read somebody a bedtime story at the end. All right, Venoms, get yourselves tucked in. I'm going to read you a nice little story. Venom Babies. That would be a good idea for a comic book about Tom Hardy and his deceased dog. I'd read that. Well, the dog is dead, Cal. I mean, it's like... I can't turn back time. I thought you were going to go, like, he's the kind of alternative universe Sandman, and he was going to go and, and make everybody have, like, nice, pleasant dreams by reading them a beautiful story. And you go to something like that. You go to dead dog straight away. That's sweet, you know. He could, he could like, the dog... 
he could go he could go in like a dreamlike world with the dog and go on like those adventures. Somehow this sounds like Jamie and the Magic Torch to me. I don't know why, but I think the difference is Wordsworth wasn't dead. <laughs> so it's well, a little bit Maybe different. Jamie and Wordsworth were actually dead, and that was just purgatory. This has just gone very, very dark. I, I believe there is a theory going along that way that it's kind of like a bit like that. Okay, that's that's the, the resolution to everything. They were always dead the whole time. <laughs> it's purgatory. Lost has ruined all forms of storytelling. That, that's that's going to be how this show ends on our final ever episode. Like they were all in purgatory in a radio. Perhaps, studio. perhaps <laughs> that's the that perhaps that's the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. It is all just purgatory, and we all are in our own episode of Lost. What if we were all in purgatory and we just didn't know about it the whole time? You'll I feel that way sometimes in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that Boom Studio stuff they're doing in the Power Rangers is pretty good. I did pick up the Power Rangers Justice League crossover they did a few months back that got some sumptuous art by Stephen Byrne. So that's worth checking out. That's only six issues long, so there might mm. be a trade of that soon. So is that anything else exciting happened to you this week? Uh, basically it, I think. Um, you just went, oh, you went shopping. No, I did, have a, I did have an actual story. I got... Sort of catfish in a way. <gasps> you've okay, got everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you got catfish, but you've got a girlfriend. How yes, right. Okay, I wasn't trying. Uh, like, so right. There we go. This Basically, is, pick, pick your words carefully here, Karen. Okay, uh, she's aware of the story, so it's fine. I can tell the story okay, now. So that, that's how their relationship is. <laughs> um. So I was. Tr- so I was talking with one of my friends about a project that I was working on. Um, and she suggested one of her friends who might be useful for the project and who might be able to work to collaborate. It's it's literally just like a radio documentary. Um, I can't say too much about it, but anyway. (laughs) Or because I don't know where it will end up, and so I can't talk too much about it. I have suspicions where it might end up. But anyway, so I was talking with so I was talking with her, like all all legitimate, and I was like, um, <laughs> all agreed, all paid for. <laughs> and so I was like, um, I know, and she said that she was coming in because she's not from Birmingham, but she said she was coming into Birmingham to meet um, her friend, who was also my friend, and uh, sometime next week. And so I was like, oh, fair enough, okay, um, uh, yeah, sure, we'll meet up for a coffee or something, and we could talk about it. Um, and then I hear from. Her friend, and then I meet. I meet up with my friends the next day, and she's like, "Oh, so were you guys talking?" Because she was sending me some weird messages, and I was a bit like, "Okay, um, yeah." Okay. She said she was coming into town next week to see you, and then uh, that we'd maybe go for a coffee after. And she was like, "That's weird." She never said she was coming to see me. I was like, <sighs> "Well, what did she say to you?" And she said, "Well, quote unquote." Well, what she said. Oh, she said that she said. I'm getting confused. Now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how to I'm, phrase I'm, this? I'm like, how to phrase this so I don't like, I don't accuse her of saying anything because this is what she, um, slander. So she said. So this is what her friend said. According to her, what her friend said was, "I want to." <gasps> word that rhymes with duck. Your friend. Oh wow. But like, she knows I have a girlfriend, and that I was only like talking to her because I wanted her to work on the project. She's on a mission to get that. <laughs> Callan D, <laughs> and I respect that. You little player, Callan. <laughs> she's she is scheming, she is plotting, she is all about. Literally, like, this has been like the laughing she, oh, stock of me and my friends I, all week of I like this, this girl that's like. I want you to to play this out, see what happens, yeah, report good. back next week. <laughs> it sounds like Callan's just now taking a starring role in a Lindsay Lohan movie from the early <laughs> late nineties. <90s. laughs> 
This is juice. I mean, I, I love the fact you started with, I went shopping, but you were sat on this I, little I was like, nugget. I completely forgot that that was this week. Because it was like, back of like I couldn't remember if that kind of thing happened to me last week. It happens all the time. I've always no, got, girl, just... I've, always got, I've got girls coming in from all over the country. <laughs> Swanning, falling up my face. <laughs> Hose in different postcodes. <laughs> I'm now going to have to edit that. <laughs> uh, well, you know, what did your girlfriend think of this? Was she happy that another she, woman she, wanted to I mean, wanted a bit of you? She was a bit annoyed about the fact that it's like this... Because we, we talked about it and it was like, oh, yeah, I broke up... Because uh, she graduated and she was like, oh, yeah, I broke up with my boyfriend before I graduated, yada, yada. Um, are you in a relationship? Which probably should have been the key to me, but hey, I... And you said to her, It's all went over my head. Right? Yes, I did. Yeah. I so said, did you... yeah, I've been in a relationship for three years. Did you just crop all the pictures of your girlfriend out on, on Facebook? <laughs> just pinched and zoomed a little bit on the phone when you were showing <laughs> You're like, it's fine, we have an arrangement. Because change... I've, I've fallen for that. Change all my, re- change all my relationship states. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I don't know. You might have a second Facebook profile for when you're on the on the roam. You know, this is something <laughs> that people do. Have you got two different bikes so that you ride to one place on one bike and then switch them over and then get on another bike and you go? Hey. That is misogyny, Keith. To call women bikes, <laughs> no, an actual. <laughs> really I, I, <laughs> I believe my words were misinterpreted there. Um. So did you? Did, did the cop- I got a bit lost halfway through because there was a lot of he said, she said. <laughs> it's all about the he said, she said. I'm not going to say the next word. Um, <laughs> did did you go for coffee with her? No. Okay. <laughs> it's you, did, of... it, it just it escalated to the next level. Yeah, I, 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 I stopped talking to her like as soon as I realised what like was what going on. Were. So it's been Probably. like a good few days that conversation is just. Like I think that's wise. Dead. I think I think any any further communication is just going to encourage her. She sounds like a penis flytrap. <laughs> what happened to the radio project? It's still going. It's 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 going to be a while. Yeah, that's why it's, I can't really talk about it because it's like it's going to be like another. Do you know what you need? You need to change this whole radio project. No, you've got two a, months. You've got a script here for um, something, mate. To be honest with you, this is a, this is well. A I, could, I, we could, I think we could remake this. I think we could make it. I think we could turn this into a short radio drama. Ge- Geeky Brummy Productions. <laughs> Phil, you can write this and uh, present it to someone read the script next week. There we we'll, go. we'll do a dramatic re-enactment <laughs> of it all. Try live reading. I'll, I'll bring some of my um, softcore music in that we can have as a backing soundtrack. <laughs> like what is Emmanuel soundtrack? It's Mills and Boom style like music. I think that will be a good soundtrack to this. Yeah, we'll do a, we'll do a live reading of um, Callum, The Affair. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Gains. <laughs> sound like a Lifetime movie. Yeah, it does. I met up with her to work on a project and then I ended up locked in her cellar. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, isn't that literally the plot of Fifty Shades? That she's going along to meet this guy for work and then they end up having like no, weird... No, no, okay. no. We are not getting into this. I'm not giving that film the, pub- the, the oxygen of publicity because it's, it's not worth it. <laughs> oh, what's everyone else been up to? <laughs> I think we should go to Phil next, as I know Phil's uh, been doing da 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 things this week. <laughs> what? Wow! It'll all make sense when we find out what, what Phil's was been doing. That about? Oh, um, yeah. So I was hanging out with Sting yesterday, <laughs> just Sorry, casually. Sting, Sting from Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Sting off of Fields of Gold and other hits. <laughs> you may know Sting from his previous projects, like The Police. 
<laughs> and Sting and wearing a nappy in uh, Dune. And and tantric sex yeah, with indeed. his wife Trudy Styler. Who comes from Bromsgrove, I found out when he told us yesterday on the news. <laughs> oh, yes, because he, he was being interviewed by Nick Owen on Midlands Today. And Nick Owen was sat next to me at this event. And someone was like, oh, look, it's Nick Owen. And I was like, really? Because I went to school with a guy called Nick Owen. And I was like, <laughs> I, would, I was like, how do you guys know Nick Owen? Because I wouldn't even recognise him these days. It's been 20 years. Um, but it, they meant, um, you know, the, the lovely Nick Owen off of the telly. Here's a mic. Do you want to drop it? <laughs> so, so what was that all about? I did catch a little bit of, of it on the news. It was some, something to do with a thing called The Last Ship. Yes, so he um, he wrote a, a musical a few years ago set in a shipyard um, on Tyneside where he grew up. Sounds dull. It's well, it's like set in the eighties and it's all about Thatcherism and the shipyards closing. So it's going to be grim as all hell. Um, and basically, um, it went to Broadway. It's been to, it's been it's toured around, and now they're they're doing a big tour of the UK and they're just doing a junket for it before um, ahead of April when the show debuts. Right. Uh, so it was him and the cast. So how did you you get involved with Sting? Well, I, I was there. Oh. <laughs> did you speak to him? I like, spoke to him for like two seconds. It was like, hi. Did you say that like the police aren't that good a band? I'm not you. <laughs> dangerous ground there, guy. Dangerous ground. What, so, that, okay. That, no, 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 no. I did notice in the news report I saw uh, one of the McGann brothers... Yeah, not Paul. Not Paul. Not Paul McGann is in it. Not the other one. Uh, Joe McGann. I had to be told who he was because he looked like super hands for the poop show. <laughs> who's Joe McGann? Exactly. Is he the person <laughs> who's now in Call the Midwife, I think? Maybe. He's been He's been in a few various And then bits and it pieces. was Val off of EastEnders. Oh, not EastEnders. Emmerdale, sorry. The Geordie, the Geordie one. And um, Richard Fleishman, who used to be in Corrie and then was in the terrible ghost musical. So he's, oh, he's the one killer of... guy, Gail Platt's husband, who went no, mental. No, that was Richard Hillman. No, Richard Fleishman oh, was the actor. He, pl- he played... I want to say Craig. I don't know. I don't know. So what I'm getting from this is that Joe McGann is someone that just jumps around like like the hosp- like the hospital style. Um, soaps. This is what every um, former soap star does in the UK, Callum. They they go. I mean, it used to be the Bill when that was on, and basically you I you miss the Bill. You hop from hospital based drama to police station based drama and back again. So yeah. there was Heartbeat, where the heart is. Um, there was Hobby City. There was Casualty. There was I the hear Bill. About, about casualty, please. Casualty's good. Thank you. Obviously, City's boring. I mean, we're getting into well, this is a whole thing. We could have a feature on this next week. This okay. is going to be the Saturday Night Live again. Get plans going. <laughs> yeah. This is great. Without Ryan here, we could just go on tangents just of like Obi City and Casualty. <laughs> you know it's been coming, Ryan. Oh. Bring so back. Let's the... talk about Charlie. Bring back the bill, though. So no, Puppet was amazing. Bring back the bill. Okay, so what? So. Why were you there? Why was Philip Ellis? Why wouldn't I be there? <laughs> That's a stupid question. Like, why wouldn't I be there? <laughs> you just you know, pro- like, it's on the guest list. Right, we need Nick Owen. Just provide need, Prosecco and Phil will turn up. Oh yeah, Phil Ellis. <laughs> well, I I just got an, I just got an invite and it was like Sting at the New Alex Theatre and I was like, well. Sting's going, I guess I should go. <laughs> Put an appearance. Yeah. And also, I'd skipped lunch and they had sandwiches. Oh, okay. And as I was saying, just before we went away, I, I am currently, I've, just had a, I've been so busy, I haven't had time to go shopping, I've got no coffee in my flat, so I was like, right, I'm going to go there, I'm going to have free coffee. I never understand when people are like, I don't have time to go shopping. Like, it literally takes, like, a few, like, five You're minutes. You're a student without a job. Oh, it just sounds like you made plenty of time for it this week. Could you not just, like, go on the way home, though? Like, you just... 
go via the shop? Well, it depends how much expenditure you want to spend. So if you're going to a Tesco Express, for example, you're going to pay more for food if you actually do a weekly shop. So yeah, but if I you're just it, going, if you're just going for coffee though. If you're just going to pick up, like, a nice thing of coffee, and then that's it. I don't it. need you to tell me how to live my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're going to have a problem. You, you can tell me you haven't had much coffee this week. <laughs> Bill needs his coffee. So what, what, other, what other things have you been up to this week? I can't believe that Sting is the only highlight. Oh, oh and then I, um, I interviewed... So that Sting, you know, legend. And then I interviewed an up-and-coming pop singer called Vardin Aurora, um... And that interview is going like Varden Aurora. He's an Indian American right, pop singer. Okay. Had a great chat with him. Um, what else? My, my parents came in to Birmingham for a visit. That was nice. We uh, went for lunch. Got a little bit drunk. <laughs> Did they buy your coffee? They they pay for everything. It's great. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, come in, visit, because it's like a, you know it's a sort of a tight week, and I'd like to go for steaks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So what about you then, Guy? What have you been up to this week? So I, um, I obviously wasn't here last week because I went house hunting. How did it go? Well, I found somewhere. Did you catch? <laughs> did you catch one? Yeah, I caught one. Well, yeah, we had to, <laughs> to, it was hard to pin it down, but uh, yeah, I, I found a house, which is it's great. So I'm going to be moving out very shortly. Can without telling us where you're living, obviously, can you sort of depict us the house, the scene? Is it haunted? It's got four, it's got four walls, Callan, and the rooms. <laughs> Isn't that a box? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there's enough room for us in a box to go. But no, the little one outside the studio, you mean the one that we saw? That was... That's good. Found a house. That's nice. Um, referencing what a nightmare that was, getting that all sorted. So I've had a stressful week with that. However, what was great about the house hunting, Keith, you showed me a house and said me and my partner Laura should go and have a look at the house. So we went to view it. However, the man who was the estate agent clearly did not want to work a Saturday. So we got in the house. We were in there for five minutes. He basically was, he went and was like, oh, hi, yeah, um, here's the house. Uh, he just, just walked into the room. He's like, this is uh, this room. This is this room. And then he was leaning on all the furniture as he was walking around, like leaning on railings, just like, like shirt partially untucked. Do you reckon he was hungover? Maybe. I was just about to say that, yeah. And then the only thing that he showed us, really took the effort to show us, like, he opened up a cupboard and he's like, oh, yeah, there's a shoe rack on the back of here, you can put shoes on. And that was it. Otherwise, you had to just assume what we We looked around the side, he didn't really say anything apart from, here's a shoe rack. He was going like, well, that's great, I'll pay you £700 per calendar month for a shoe rack. And we was like, you're joking. And then, and then <laughs> as we left and we were sat in the car for a couple of minutes just making some notes about what we liked about the house or whatnot. He was gone in that. Before we'd even like drove off, he was gone. He just wanted to go home. And I know that house. Yeah. And it's a nice house. You he could sell that easily. It was. He it's wasn't real good. selling it well. He's selling it on a shoe rack. So was. It, so did you go for the house based on the shoe rack? I didn't go for that house, Carl. Uh, and also the shoe rack weren't that great. To be honest with you, it was like hanging off the back of the door, and like you put shoes into it. And it's yeah, but like, yeah, but a shoe rack though. That's like. Maybe I just have low expectations, but like to me, a shoe rack is like, mm. oh my. But I'm a man who owns some cowboy boots. I ain't going to fit a pair of cowboy boots in a shoe rack. I, I think you've, you've all grown up in a period where things like Phil and Kirsty list it and Homes Under the Hammer <laughs> have, have dictated that now people expect to move into a house and it's, it's perfect for them with everything they need in it. Because if that shoe rack on the back of the door doesn't work for you, then you kind of just take it out and put one that does need in it. So mostly in a house, I'd be interested in the fact that it's standing up. It's not leaking. There isn't mould everywhere. 
uh, and there's enough room for me to get in it. I'm not that bothered about all the kind of fixtures and mm. fittings, as long as mm. I'm not going to get electrocuted when I when I plug something in. But uh, you know, all that other trivial stuff. Like you make it, you make it at home by yourself by putting your own stuff in there. I bet as so well. Like, the shoe rack would have been taken when we left as well. Yeah, I only wanted you to move into that house so I could come around and borrow your PlayStation and um, your vinyl cleaning kit. I know, I know when we were when we were doing when we were doing like the looking around at um, various places, and I said like this is one Keith's just and Laura was like. It's nice, but I know that you're only looking at that one because Keith wants to use your PlayStation. <laughs> well, Rick and Morty VR is coming to... mate. Yeah. <laughs> your motivation was clear. But you've still moved into a house that is within easy commuting distance, so it's not too bad. You still can have access to PlayStation and my body, so... Do I get access to PlayStation? I, I don't care about the other thing. I was going to say that. So like, Callum, I think you've got enough on your plate at the moment, to be honest. I have enough lined up, okay? Yeah, it's like you're getting offers left, right and centre, like... <laughs> You know, how's your week been? Disco. Keith's wearing a t-shirt says disco, but it's Star Trek related, so I don't understand what's the reference there. The, the show's called Star Trek Discovery. Ah. So they, they when they go running around the uh, bridge kind of ring, they wear t-shirts that said it on. And they were quite cool. Right. And so I thought I'd... I'd um, did you, did you not have enough budget to pay for all the letters? It, it took me longer than I was proud of when I was watching that episode to be like, why are they wearing shirts with disco? Oh my God, is there like a disco on the ship? Because there is an episode that is set like in a, a crew party. They have a party, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm like, oh my God, yeah, Star Trek colon disco. I would watch that. <laughs> Just a spin-off series. Star Trek Studio 54. <laughs> Ooh, on that's, Planet Fifty Four. That's, that's, that's quite a good. That's a quite a good idea. That is, I quite like the idea of that. So, what 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 have you been doing this week, Mister Bloomfield? Um, Other than regretting the fact I'm not moving near you. Yeah, I was disappointed that my house selling skills didn't uh, come across. You should have come and done the viewing instead. I could I could have sold that as to you. Probably not, as I technically don't own a shirt. I do, but they're not the tucky in type. How do you technically not own a shirt? I haven't got like dress shirts. I really want to. Go and like just see Keith's wardrobe. <laughs> I am so curious. My my daughter recently did a similar thing where she went and looked at my wardrobe and went, "Dad, why have you all you got is blue T-shirts with band names on, comic things on, or stuff about climbing mountains?" He says, "Why haven't you got any like nice, pleasant, coloured clothes?" What, what do you mean what you stuff think? about climbing mountains? Oh, I've just got things that like go go take me to the mountains and stuff. They kind of like, oh, like, you know, the, like the inspirational. Yeah, they're, they're not inspirational pictures of like kittens and things. So they're, they're kind of like nice graphic design type things, which I quite like. But and then I've just got kind of like, like smart enough to be honest. Then, with I've, me. then I've got things like Dickie's work shirts and stuff. So they're kind of like you know, because yeah, some of the work I do, I end up like crawling around on the floor and doing. What is random the thing stuff? with Dickie's work shirts? It's like it seems to for my generation, it seems to become like are like people in their twenties. It seems to have become like a thing of like, oh, I just wear a Dickie's shirt. It's just like it's a cool thing to wear. It's like. I, 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 They're I, just practical. I think I'm lost here. Dickies, as in, like, that's what Avril Levine used to wear. How yeah, is, this is a kind of a horseshoe logo. It's like workwear. Yeah. It's kind of quite okay. rough and stuff. Like, I always knew it as, like, a workwear I, I, brand. I only ever saw people wearing it for, like, workwear. Oh, but I now always, I see everyone wearing it, like... I When I was a teenager, it was, like, what the skater kids wore. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. Yeah. I think it's moved on a little bit. It's, you can get it as workwear and things like that. We, I have got a couple of... I do realise I have got a couple of dress shirts, kind of black... T- shirt type things but I don't tuck them in because I'm very self-conscious about my midriff mm. so if, if I kind of like I need to Your get mid-rift. some midriff it's a midriff 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 there's a, there's a, there's a spatial <laughs> rift 
<laughs> That's what I've got in the middle. That's why I'm so self-conscious of it. But it's like because I haven't got high-waisted trousers. I want to go to there's a place called Old Town in uh, Norfolk that sell kind of like old school kind of suits. Okay. So you've got the kind of like high-waisted trousers. But now, like most trousers are very like low on their hips. Low riders, yeah. And it's like kind of if you took your shirt in with that, it kind of it's a bit. I don't, I don't like the shape that I look, and then I need a waistcoat and then a jacket, and it all becomes far too complicated. Mm. So. I don't believe in tucking your shirt in just because people like think you should. I think it's an outdated fashion concept. I think that we need to update our notions of what is acceptable smart. I think Indeed. you, I think like you were saying, it's fine. I don't mind tucking my shirt in if I've got like a waistcoat and if a jacket because then no one can married, see it. I will tuck my shirt in. I have to do it at work. Oh, it sucks to be you. Uh, the other oh, thing, do don't you just work in an office? Yes, Callum. I can't walk around <laughs> my shirt untucked, can I? So the, the only other thing as well oh, is... You must work in like the most formal office. Like, he oh. has no concept of what oh, office wear is. wait until you enter uh, the real world, Callum. I, I don't own a tie either. Oh, I have an entire wow. drawer full. It's like a, it's like you open it and they jump out. It's like a drawer full of snakes. <laughs> I've never understood... Of every colour and floral print. I've never understood the purpose of a tie what what does it but the sur- surface pur- it's because, purpose does it corporate like gets you so down that you know you've got a ready-made noose just right there because it's <laughs> always dangling around if you're not wearing like a jacket or a waistcoat to keep it in check Basically, or a tie pin men's fashion is ridiculous it's, yeah and when you think like when you look at what women are allowed to wear to the office and it's seen as like acceptable office wear and they're allowed to wear like whatever they want it's like cute dresses like fun fun like Shirts and stuff, and tops, and and, yeah. and blouses, whatever. And it's like, oh, you have to wear a grey suit. See, there was a few. It's like the, one, it's like the one thing. Like I was listening to a podcast a few weeks ago, and they're basically saying like the patriarchy stole everything except dressing up, and that's the most fun bit. Because I think I can't remember if it was the late late eighties, early nineties, or whatever. There was a fashion thing that I saw. It might have even been on the the clothes show on on BBC One at one point, and they had some male skirts, like real heavyweight material, real nice, thick, chunky material, and I thought they would look pretty cool, actually. Sorry, male skirts? Yeah, yeah. skirts for men, and yeah. then they look pretty cool. Oh, so I saw one of um, the people I follow on um, Twitter did, like, a selfie, he was like, yeah, this is, like, the maxi dress I've got for wearing around the house, and I was like, that looks so comfy. <laughs> you can just walk around in your pants if you're more comfortable. I mean, to be fair, we, know, we've, hang on a minute, we've seen the posters, pictures you post on Twitter. And it seems like most of the time you are walking around in your pants. Well, I mean, and, and rightly so. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I, I, I did that once, and it was a statement. And you are still obsessed with it, guys. So, I mean, what's well, it say about I you? I have it a post on my wall of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Frame when we move in, so he walks into my house, and it'll be presented by that picture of you. <laughs> You can get those. <laughs> you could, if, if Laura ever gets a car, you could have it as a car wrap. So it goes over the entire car. <laughs> Do I want, I want to turn it into like one of those aprons so you, like, you chop Phil's high head off it and then you just like walk around like that in the kitchen with that. <laughs> there you go. That's the ideal present for Christmas this year. However, I knew for, know for a fact that if that was an apron and we got that, you'd still wear it even though it's your body. You'd walk around with it on. <laughs> Well, yeah. Like, like, I know what I've got going on under this shirt. Like, I think I'm going to set up a Red Bubble account and start selling those uh, those aprons off. I feel like you know what, Philip Ellis merch. Why didn't I think of this before? You've, you two could have a body like mine. I think there's a whole product range that we could get get out of you, Phil. A whole product range: fragrances, clothing, uh, stationery. I think a, a Philip Ellis stationery range would be quite cool. Yeah. 
yeah. branded like one wine of those, glasses. One yeah. of those like pens, you know, the uh, the, the pens you used to get with the ladies. Oh, <laughs> 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 and, you, and you turn it upside down and like, they're in their underwear. <laughs> but it's me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's got to be that picture, like always that picture. You're not, not going to model it, it's just that picture. <laughs> Next week, we'll be launching the Kickstarter campaign for that uh, particular product, the, the <laughs> Philip Ellis Nude <laughs> Pen. I, I would have. I would buy 12 of those. <laughs> and everyone would get one in their Christmas stocking. Hi, here's a picture of me in my pants. <laughs> Why not? I could imagine you, you using that pen in front of people as well. Yeah. Just like you just carrying it around with you. Of course he would. He yes. would, yes. Yeah, I, I don't understand why that's funny. <laughs> oh, it sounds like everybody had a great week. Callum, I think the best. I think Phil's week was quite good. Mate, you got propositioned. We'll leave it as that. Play it. <laughs> Weird news, don't do it when you want to click through it. Weird news, don't do it when you want to click. It's time for weird news, and Guy, you're going to lead us through that. Yeah, Ryan sent me his, his source. You know, he sent me all his journalist sources for this week, so I've got the... He's like a... I've got the story. Justin, Justin Hoffman and Robert, Robert Redford. All the presidents can I, can, I, yeah. can I be uh, Robert Redford? Cause I think you're a combination of Robert Redford and uh, Dustin Hoffman squished into one body. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I'll go, I'll go through some of the headlines we've got here and decide which one you quite like. Um, Edmont, Edmonton woman catches purse snatcher, returns wallet, takes thief for coffee. Takes so, what? Thief for coffee. Thief. 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 Oh, I think you said takes thief for coffee, is in my. I can't pronounce my teammate. <laughs> <laughs> Fiona, I've had such a day that's been for coffee. I struggle with my THs. Um, <laughs> pe- people are walking into glass at new Apple headquarters. I have done this. It hurts. It's so easy to do, though. It's so easy to walk into glass. And it makes such a noise. It's like, and then everyone looks and everyone laughs and no one comes to help you. <laughs> uh, Charlotte mother gets seven days in jail for baptising daughter. It's an it's amusing concept, but I think it's going to be deep. I, I, oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't see how that could be, yeah. I, up, I upvote the apple glass. I've got a couple more gems here, yeah. Okay. Scientists thrilled as woman finds 14 worms in her eye. Oh, oh, oh. I've been seeing this on, on the internet all week. That's grim. Uh, don't use showgirls to sell roof tiles. Okay. Um, North Korean cheerleader is caught off guard by fake Kim Jong-un. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of tells you everything. You yeah, need to know. I don't know what else there is with that. Um, I'm just scrolling through the list. There was another one. Woman tries hiding from police by placing washing basket on her head. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I think that sort of tells the story. But we, but we don't know why. Is why there a picture? Hiding? Is there a picture? Yes, there is a picture. Let's, let's do picture. that one. It sounds like a Metal Gear Solid uh, <laughs> tribute. <laughs> okay, so there is said picture of woman with washing basket on head. Are you sure it's oh, a woman? It's quite a big washing basket. I thought it was just going to be one of those like little small uh, ones, about like half a meter. So, so let's let's click the story, waiting for the internet connection to load. Obviously, we weren't prepared. Um, Phil, Phil, guy, Phil. Yeah, full time. Um, here we go. Okay, so this is from Emirates Twenty Four off the Twenty Four Seven. Woman tries hiding from police after pl- <laughs> hiding from police by placing washing basket on her head. This was written by. Oh, Keith, you're going to love the journalist's name for this. This was written by Bang. 
Bang. Bang. I'm sure Ryan writes all of these stories himself and puts them online. <laughs> okay. A woman was caught by police after she was tried, she tried to hide them by placing a washing basket on her head. The Derbyshire police turned up at the woman's home after she failed to attend court and told the officers she will hand herself in on Monday, the Metro reports. However, in order to try and fool the officers, the woman placed the wash, white basket on her head, but her torso and legs were still poking underneath. The police took a picture of the disguise and posted it on Twitter, captioned the, captioned the snap, female located and arrested for failing to appear in court. It's all good and well saying, I'll t- I'll t- um, it's all good and well saying, I'll have myself in Monday. You should have turned up when last week when you were told to. She even tried to hide when we saw her, but she was far from good at hide to seek. Hashtag off to court. <laughs> oh, that's good. What's the um, roof tiles one? What was the roof tiles? Don't you show girls to sell roof tiles? Yeah, I want that one. All right, give me a minute. Is this like that um, thing with the grid girls? Or am I misinterpreting this? I don't don't know. Let's find out. This is from BBC, so this is incredible. So it might not be written by Bang. Here's the names, girl. This may not. This may not have been written by Ryan. Okay, so the name, the the journalist on this one is Jonty Bloom. (laughs) (laughs) We know how he votes. I feel like to get a job as a um, journalist, you have to have some form of stupid name. (laughs) I'm standing right here. (laughs) I meant a job as a proper journalist. Oh! Just a <laughs> I knew I knew what you'd say as well. So it's like genuinely gobsmacked by that. I feel like I've been shot. <laughs> I think we'll have to have a bit of a, a, a behaviour in the workplace chat after this. Callan you're having a good week. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This has, this has, in quotation marks, halfway through the article, hot pants. Just so we know where we're going with this. It's got the quotation, hot pants. Okay. One of the UK's largest exhibitions is uh, issuing a new code of conduct using promo girls. Last week, UK Construction Week held at uh, Birmingham NEC faced criticism over the use of uh, women um, showgirls at an exhibitor store. It featured Las Vegas-style showgirls selling roofing products. Oh, see... I thought the articles were going to be don't use the Paul Verhoeven movie showgirls to sell. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, don't don't use showgirls to. Fair enough. To sell roof. Should we should we look at the worms one? Yes. Okay. Last I think one, we've got time for one more. Yeah. I think we've got time for the worms one. All right. So this is headline: Scientists thrilled as woman finds fourteen worms in her eye. <laughs> uh, I mean that. All I keep thinking is like that Rick and Morty scene where it's like the guy with the, the oh no that's ants in his eyes it's like just all climbing oh yeah uh, yeah. yeah yeah okay so uh, this is from CBC <laughs> Radio I think you know, the right... CBBC <laughs> the children's channel CBC the Canadian oh. broadcasting company uh, I think the journalist involved here is Anna Maria Tremonti I'll take that I'll take yeah that. yeah yeah legitimate name okay. Story of a woman finding in a wor- a story of a woman finding a worm in her eye might sound gross to most people, if not downright repealing. But scientists are fascinated by the discovery. Back in 2016, I won't say her name, has an eye infest- infestation of tiny worms, which were only pre- previously seen in cattle. The Oregon woman became the first uh, uh, became a medical first. The scientists and scientists have never seen a human case with these species. As parasitologists, we got very excited by- to see something like this. 
He tells uh, the current guest host, Laura Lynch, pr- prior to Beckley's case, they thought there was only two species that affected humans. We had to go down this rabbit hole detective work, uh, work to find out uh, what this thing was. All the books on med- medical parasitology didn't mention this. They didn't have ways to identify it. Okay, so basically, like, the woman has got worms in her eyes. So how did she get the worms in the eyes? I Do we know? no idea. Didn't wash her hands at some critical point, clearly. <laughs> oh, hang on. Um, Bradbury explained that while this case is rare and unusual since there aren't many parasites that infect the eye, the species of worm is not dangerous. For a human, it's not necessarily going to be particularly harmful in the long term. You will get bad conjunctivitis, which is what pink eye is, as we commonly call it. And once you've pulled the worms, you'll be perfectly fine. Oh, oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Wow. All kinds see, of no. Now, you know, every single time I see like a little squiggle in the corner of my eye, like, you know, every now and then oh, you just you oh, see like no. a little like yeah. wiggly little, line. The little, the little dust floaters. floaters. Yeah. yeah, it's like, is that... Oh. And, and I know, I know, I've read up on it. I know that, that all, all you're seeing is a tiny cell that's detached from the back of your retina. But now I'm going to be like, it's an eye worm. <laughs> <laughs> you do that just, we've got eye worms. Definitely got eye worms. How many people do you reckon like went rushing to the doctor this week after they read this story and being like, <laughs> Doctor, I've got worms in my eyes? <laughs> oh, that oh. is. That's pretty revolting. Yeah, wow. That's bad. There you go. It's weird news. So, what have we learned from weird news this week? Try um, not to get worms in your eyes. Don't, don't get worms in your eyes. Don't use showgirls to sell roof tiles. And apparently, washing basket is not an ideal hiding place. And also, that Philelis is not a proper journalist. <laughs> Love you, Phil. <laughs> He's gonna blow. He's just gonna erupt in this studio. You don't look happy. I'm gonna cut your bike's tires. <laughs> if you if you blow up like Hulk, though, that means we'll get to see you topless again. And we can take another picture. Oh my God. More merchandise opportunities. You're like obsessed with me. It was a good picture. You're calling us as a model, not a journalist. It's if, fine. If, if I was Callan, I wouldn't ask Phil to make him a drink today. <laughs> so, Callan, what would you like to drink? <laughs> Star Trek Discovery, which has just, re- just finished this week on Netflix. Um, bit of a warner beforehand. We're probably going to go into a little bit of spoiler territory uh, in the next few minutes so while we talk about that season. Um, but first, Phil, what were your thoughts about Star Trek Discovery? Well, I mean, I just got goosebumps listening to that clip again um, because it kind of encapsulated exactly what, in retrospect, I really liked about the season. For the first several weeks, um, the problem I had with it was this doesn't feel like Star Trek. Um, because it's taking a load of explorers and then it's it's basically forcing them all to be soldiers. Um, and then you realise, oh, actually, you know, that's the whole trick. The trick is that, you know, spoiler alert, sorry, the, the captain that they're all serving under is, uh, you know, he's not a Starfleet captain, and that's why he's been such a dark, sort of, you know, really kind of quite shady character all along. And um, to have, at the end, them kind of completely rebuke that and be like, no, this is what Starfleet's about. This is what this show has always been about. That was just, like, a really lovely moment for me. And just to have a Star Trek show back on telly and for it to be as full of action and great characters and great story, I'm just... I mean, yeah, even, even the parts of it I didn't love, I, I was completely okay with just because it's it's been the best thing on TV for the last ten weeks. It was one of those shows that... People have had a lot of kind of lead in and people were a bit worried about how it would go and how it would work. But I think they did a fantastic job with the casting. The fact that they've cast pretty much perfectly all the way through. I mean, a lot of a lot of people I've seen and and have been in other things before that. But they just came together in this show as as a 
it's a great ensemble cast. We've got a lot of shows out there at the moment that have got ensemble casts. And I don't think some of those shows service the cast as well as Discovery has managed to do over its season. I would say in season two, it's it's time to give the bridge crew like more than one line of dialogue per episode um, because it's focused so much on Michael and Saru and then um, sort of, you know, Lorca and, and Philippa. Um, I want to see, you know, the actual bridge crew do the Star Trek thing where they, you know, I mean, we, we barely know their names at this point and it's been an entire season. Um, and I get why, because it's been it's been following just Michael's journey. But I want to now have a proper classic Trek show where you have the entire crew working together. Yeah. And in, in the last few episodes, particularly when Saru got to become captain of Discovery. And from that That's moment on... That's when it on, started to come together, yeah. That was when he, he made a fantastic... You know, they built his character up over the, over the weeks. And Doug Jones had done a spectacular job with giving Saru nuance and character and he he's come across as, as possibly for me the standout character of, of the entire show so far and like you said with that opening with that clip of that speech when he takes that on and he starts talking and we're on the bridge and he names the bridge crew he talks to them as like yes. real people yeah. and that you, you just go oh this is fantastic he's such a great captain and now our crew have got names and they're all coming together and they're working together as a team to overcome the, you know the problems that they've got and like you said it, it was that moment where it, it became Star Trek, the Star yeah. Trek we know and love. And I'm kind of um, really looking forward to where they go with that. And I thought it's worked out quite well. And it hasn't bothered me the whole kind of everybody talk, picking out the inconsistencies of the timeline <laughs> and kind of what, where's Spore Drive come from and what's all this happening? Uh, I mean, I, well, I think they've, they've kind of hand waved that away and been like, oh, by the way, it's eugenics and it's illegal. So we're going to maybe not use the Spore Drive again going forward. And then they, so then <laughs> probably it's going to go and end up in some classified Starfleet file. And that's why it's never mentioned in any of the other shows that take place after this. I don't really hate that. I mean, I, I think just in terms of the look of the show, it's so high tech. Um, the ship looks great. You know, the technology that they have it does appear to be more sophisticated than those old timelines had. But that's because the TV, you know, the TV people making it have more money now. So I don't really hate that. I don't, I, I don't really mm. mind it. As long as they're not doing like, you know, trans warp stuff or, or whatever. I, yeah, it's, I mean... That I mean, I, I suppose, you know, you could get really down and into the nitpicky, but I don't care. I don't care. It's just they're updating the aesthetics of it. Um, and as long as it doesn't tamper with the story too much, I'm willing to kind of let that go. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with that because you can't make a show in 2018 that looks like, like a show 60s, yeah. in, in 20, you know. That's what I feel J.J. Abrams movies tried to do um, by embracing the 60s vibe of it with yeah. the, the uniforms and stuff and it's just, but it just didn't work. Yeah, and people didn't have too much of a problem when it happened to Doctor Who when Doctor Who no. came back and they redid the inside of the TARDIS because they'd got some money and they had this whole big space. Exactly, yeah. And it kind of works for the show and I still kind of like the fact that they keep the sounds. There's a be- you know, there's that sound of the kind of uh, scanner on the bridge yeah, that oh, you can yeah, just hear yeah. and it's, the, the, it's still sounds like Star Trek and I think that's a lot of what carries me through is it still sounds like the classic show. I have read a fan theory that um, after, because obviously the majority of the season dealt with um, the war with the Klingons and then towards the end of the season they um, it shows that the Klingons have destroyed a huge swathes of of, um, Federation fleets and so there's a sort of maybe explanation that they had to rebuild a lot of their ships very quickly and very cheaply after the war and that's why the original enterprise looks so cheap because it's like we had to make it on the fly (laughs) i mean to be 
it, whenever whenever a show gets like a prequel, like multiple many years later, it's it's inevitable, as you said, that they're going to have to make improvements and that technology improvements has got more money. And I think that that's in a, it's nice in a way because I think um, obviously I wasn't around when Star Trek started. Funny enough. Um, yeah, neither was I. Don't look at me like that. I'm 30 years old. <laughs> yes, but you, you. I mean, I never grew up with like a proper Star Trek series on, and I never yeah. grew up around it. So it's something. It's, that well, I've, it's been like well, because we obviously we don't count Enterprise. So it's been, I think, a, a, almost maybe 15 years since Voyager ended. Yeah, mm. it's quite so, a long time. Yeah. And, but like, so I'm not. I don't have that much back Star Trek knowledge. Obviously, I'm trying to start with the original series and go through and watch them all. But it's been nice from my point of view, of how approachable Discovery is if you're not a big Star Trek person. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's still something you can easily get into. Absolutely. And I think it's helped that they've used um, one single character, Michael Burnham, to carry you through yeah. that journey. And you're rather than introducing you to every character at once and expecting you to know the full history of yeah. the Federation, it sort of starts from scratch. And they, they, they have constant nods to the mythology and backstory mm. of the show. But really, it's just about this one woman's journey and how yeah. she makes a single mistake that causes all of these, you know, awful consequences. And then how it affects the lives of other people. And slowly you begin to learn about other characters. And that's, a, I mean, that's a good way of telling a story. Yeah. And I think focusing on her for the first season was a good part. Um, obviously, seeing her relationship develop with, um, I forgot the character's name. I would do this so many times on Earth. Saru? Saru, yeah. yeah. Seeing their relationship dynamic change over the season... Just from oh, like where, yeah. yeah, from the start, um, coming through from the uh, when they meet again in episode three after the events of the first two, yeah, yeah, and then just seeing that develop and change. Um, but I think, as you say, going into the second season, it'll be nice to sort of delve off and to focus more on some of the other characters, as you say, and get into the more Star Trek thing of like, yeah, yeah. I, I do think that's the thing that set this apart from other Star Trek shows is that it's it's treated itself as as a drama first it's a yeah. modern tv show it, they're, they're making yeah. tv the way that tv's made now yeah. so it's a lot more serialized you know we haven't had mm. a planet of the week episode yet really we, well we sort of did with the episode with like the random sort of radio wave the radio aliens. wave planet yeah um but yes yeah, so, but, it, but it's all been in service of this much longer story about the war um and i think deep space nine was the only star trek series that ever really did that um but yeah so it, but it, it's more serialized because that's what we're used to now you know with game of thrones mm. and everything else um, it's darker and grittier, uh, which I didn't really love. But again, I feel like now that the the war and the Lorca storylines are over, we're going to get back to the optimism and the sort of slightly, you know, shinier, happier Star Trek. Mm. Um, so it, it's sort of, yeah, it, every, everything that's changed about, like that, that's different from an old school Star Trek show, I feel makes sense. There's a reason why. And even like the, uh, the aesthetic of it is, um, and like, with all the action, that's just because, you know, like, again, there's more of a budget. TV audiences expect, you know, like a sort of uh, a big action sequence per episode now. Um, it, it brings it more in line with the J.J. Abrams films, but they have a lot more depth to it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, it, think... it, it, it makes sense that it, it's not like the, the very kind of, you know, um, starched Star Trek of the 90s. Um, which I, I mean, I've just come to the end of a Voyager rewatch, and it was amazing and brilliant. I loved it, but this is this is a much more modern Star Trek, even though it's set a hundred years previously. Mm. It's a much more nuanced show. It's oh, for sure. it's it's nice seeing the difference between that and we've got on Fox at the moment. We've got the Orville, 
which is Seth MacFarlane's kind of homage to Star Trek. And you can see the differences between where Seth MacFarlane's show has taken a much more kind of uh, Star Trek of the 90s approach mm. and Discovery is TV of the 21st century. When you're having to compete with things like, you know, The Good Place or... Um, Game of Thrones or kind of, you know, True Detective or whatever show people are, are, are getting into. And, and you've got it on a subscription service. So it's, in the UK, it's on Netflix, but they're asking people to buy um, oh, CBS, CBS streaming in yeah. the United States. And I think to work with a show that is, is good drama first and foremost and then is good Star Trek second has worked for me. Yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't been too worried. And I, at the end of this season, I've kind of come to the conclusion that canon be damned as far as i'm concerned i'm yes. not that bothered mm. if there's inconsistencies in the universe they're telling me a very good story set in star trek it's if it turns out that it's a spin-off and it doesn't exist in the real universe i don't mind i've had 15 episodes or so of really good drama with great characters in a in an environment that i'm kind of familiar with so the tropes of star trek and starfleet and the phasers and all the rest of it that's great i'm loving it and that's it it's sort of it's comforting but not in a way that's like oh here you are fan like this is this you know we're just going to give you everything you want mm. it's like it's comforting because we're familiar with that universe but then also and, and it's and, and so in the finale what i loved was there are a few real nods to classic trek with the orion aliens with like with the green skin and you know it was sort of showing the kind of you know actually the orion slave girl in the original trek was shown as very titillating but it, it's actually quite seedy and i i liked that because it was showing you yeah this is what we were celebrating in the 60s and actually but here's like a more modern lens mm. of it and it's always like everything that we are given from classic Trek is then given a twist or shown in a, in a new way. And so it's not just kind of, you know, feeding us, like spoon feeding us regurgitated Star Trek. It's, there's always new story and new character in there. So just to kind of uh, wrap up on this, what's been your uh, highlight of the season so far? And is there one character that you've kind of gotten that's, that, that's my favorite character? I'm going to cheat. I've got, I've got, I've got. Okay, I'll have three. Oh, <laughs> wow. I can't okay, no, no, because I think I know. I think I know who you're going to choose, kid. So I'm going to say I've got two. Um, first is Sylvia Tilly. I love it. She she is pure Trek to me. Um, she's <laughs> she's a geeky character. She's full of energy and, and, and optimism, and she's really really bright. Um, but she's also got steel to her. You know, she's sort of introduced as this like basically a red shirt. You think, oh, she's going to die within, within yeah. a few days. Um, and then she's like, no, I'm tell you what, you might know, not know this about me, but I'm going to be captain one day. And she's got the real gut and ambition. And then, and then even though she's incredibly junior, she plays an, a really integral role throughout the season because she's so capable. When and she, I, I love that. When she was first introduced, I really despised her character, but she has really grown on me. I, I she think, has grown yeah. on me more than any other character. I think a lot of people felt the years. same. You like, she comes in and you're like, oh God, she's going to be like the annoying sort of like, mm. I don't know, like the, the Wesley Jar Crusher Jar of the show. Yeah, and, and then, but even within that episode, when they go on the away mission and she's like holding yeah. a phaser, she's holding her own, and I'm like, oh no, okay, they're showing her, she's not just the, the yeah. dorky geek, she's great. But the, the other character that I really loved was um, both iterations of Philip for Giorgio. Um, I really like, spoiler alert again, the way that they didn't kill her off at the end. They let her just go off into the universe and she's out there as a secondary antagonist who can be a playful foil to Michael in the future. It's a bit of a Buffy Faith situation. Um, she reminded me also of Mira Kira from um, Deep Space Deep Nine. Space. She's this kind of, you know, playfully pansexual villainess who is just so much fun to watch. I'm going to go, obviously, with Doug Jones's portrayal of Saru, who's been set up as a character who's prey, but has gone from being the kind of 
defensive one too. He's like a coward, but yeah. he's actually incredibly yeah. strong and the, brave. He, yeah. And he's set up to be, you know, I would rather them skip Vulcan and keep Captain Saru. And that, that moment with that speech where he kind of just galvanizes his crew, kind of disses the fact that Lork has been abusing them and using them and just brings us to that point where everybody's just punching the air and going, yeah, we're also, back. I want an alien captain. I think that would be pure Trek. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> As we've just been talking about Star Trek Discovery, which appears in the UK on Netflix, uh, there's been a bit of a trend in the last few months of um, films heading to Netflix instead of or... Uh, Prior to their cinematic, cinematic releases at the Super Bowl recently, we had a trailer for The Cloverfield Paradox, which dropped almost instantly then on Netflix. Do you know where it should have dropped? Straight in the bin. But over the next few months, we've got a few more films that are going to be heading, uh, particularly in the UK, straight to Netflix. We've got Alex Garland's Annihilation, which is heading to Netflix in the UK. And then we've got another film called uh, Extinction, which again is heading straight to Netflix in the UK. And I thought it'd be an interesting thing to just have a chat about. Do we think... Uh, that Netflix should or could become a replacement for uh, theatrical releases for certain films? I think for, it's like, I think for a lot of, like, the old, like, you know, straight-to-DVD movies, I think, like, a lot of those, as well, especially, that I think that Netflix and other streaming services like that are, that's the answer to them. Asylum releases. I, um... (laughs) I, I, I've seen similar comments on Twitter where, especially with the Cloverfield Paradox, and I think that's just because that film specifically didn't receive great reviews, um, even though um, the prior Cloverfield sequel, uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, was brilliant. But the, the whole straight-to-video thing, I mean, it. I can kind of see why people are saying that, but actually, well, I'm trying to think if I can I think if you're Netflix con- film that's been really good, but I can't. I think if you're concerned that your movie isn't the best and it maybe doesn't have... Uh, Marvel, DC, big budget action. Put it on Netflix. But here's the thing: an Annihilation <laughs> has all the makings of an absolute stunner. It's got an all-star cast. It's got uh, Natalie Portman, um, Tessa Thompson, um, Gina Rodriguez. It's got an amazing screenwriter and director. It's adapted from an incredibly popular um, book series. So it it's it's got all the ingredients for a blockbuster. I don't and and apparently it is. It was made visually to be seen on a big screen, so I don't understand the the logic there. That looks that yeah, sounds like it's yeah. kind of like they've cheated Alex Garland of a chance to show his show his movie but, the way it's meant to be seen. But then um, Bright had all the potential to be a big oh, no, success, Bright was, and Bright that movie was, was just Bright was bad. Bright yeah, was bad. Bright was, was bad. Terrible. Bright, Bright was basically um, let's get a load of straight white men to write urban fantasy, even though that genre has been like existing for decades now. <laughs> By, and it's been like, you know, women have been writing this amazingly for years, but when it finally makes it into a movie, it's terrible because they actually don't respect the genre that they're making. Mm. Do you not think it's... Because it's, it's Paramount that seems to be, have this deal with Netflix, that they're cutting their losses on things. So, okay, yeah, Annihilation, I get what you're saying, it probably should be seen on the big screen, but they're probably thinking about this in advance. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, recent America will make some of the profit back, but they're probably thinking, there's no way they're going to make the money. Let's... let's put it in context with Mother. Mother was released by Paramount and they had pinned a lot on it being a big success and it wasn't and it, they lost a lot of money on it. So if they just lost a lot of money on what was a Jennifer Lawrence starring vehicle they were hoping to be a big success, are they, is it going to happen again with Annihilation? But then can you compare that? Because Mother was an art house film that happened to have a big movie star in it but it, it's kind of, it defies categorisation. Mm. You know, whereas Annihilation is a science fiction action like blockbuster 
Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's an easier sell, unless they may be thinking how much are we going to have but to spend then, on the marketing. Exactly, rate. so they're, yeah. cutting, they're cutting their losses and we'll let Netflix do all the marketing. So you could have released Mother to Netflix in the UK and it I probably that, would have been... Fun. I think with Mother, it would have been a, a far more sensible way of releasing it and I because think that I think that, that lends itself to the platform. I think if Mother had been released on Netflix, people wouldn't have watched for longer than 10 minutes. Mm. Fair, fair comment. But I, I do think that like the paramount of doing this, especially with the Clover Paradox, it was rubbish it looked rubbish from the trailer it didn't look great you know it just looked appalling and it was appalling in my opinion and they cut their losses they realized they had a bad movie they don't want to waste the money on promote but they know netflix who are chucking money left right and center they'll probably give you a film if you ask for it <laughs> um, and they'll be like that's fine so they'll prom- happily promote it and i think that's what they've done here with this annihilation film is they'll promote it in america try and make some of the revenue back and let netflix do it in uk yeah, I think it's a difficult time for filmmakers across the board, really, because uh, there's so much content being made. We've got lots of films being made all the time, and, and nothing beats the cinema experience as far as I'm concerned. There's nothing like watching a, a film in a room full of other people who are really looking forward to it. And I think for some films, they get lost in the multiplex environment. When, when, a, when a film's having to compete with five screens showing Star Wars or a Marvel movie mm. or whatever it is, it's difficult for a film um, that might have a, less of a, an audience draw, for example, something like Annihilation, I think we'll, we'll have a smaller cadre of, of people who want to go and watch it. So it's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to struggle if it's released at a time when there's lots of other big movies going out. And it is going to be released at a time when there's lots of kind of blockbuster movies coming out. Because we're starting in March now with blockbuster movies coming out. Yeah. But I think the model that Netflix needs to chase is, is, is putting out films that aren't get, getting the opportunity to be screened theatrically. So things that are younger directors or directors experimenting or, or different kinds of stories. You know, I want to see more films because I think even though something like Lady Bird's getting a lot of, of um, hype and push and stuff at the moment, it, it'll struggle theatrically because it'll be on you know, one, one screen for two times a day or whatever it is. And I kind of don't mind the fact that if... There's filmmakers out there that want to tell great stories that I have mm. the opportunity to see them as, as soon as I possibly can. I mean, I'd, I'd still go out, even though I see films on the big screen, and if I enjoy something on Netflix, I'll still end up probably going and buying the Blu-ray or the DVD of it because at some point it's not going to be on the cinema. Netflix takes stuff off constantly. So mm. sometimes you go, I oh, really, really, really want to watch that. And it's not streaming anymore, so you kind of want to go and buy it. But I don't think Netflix will ever replace cinema. But I think no. it's I think it is an avenue for for diversity and new stories and great stories being told as much as possible. I mean, I think for when we're saying about like a big film like a um, like like uh, Infinity War, um, Star Wars, anything like that. I mean, I don't think Netflix is the right place for watching something like that. Because unless you have a ridiculously massive TV, you can black it out, mm. you've got the whole surround sound, you're not getting the same experience. And there's only so much of an experience you can get with a film like that. But with like an art house film or just like um, a straight-to-DVD movie, upcoming directors, that sort of thing, I think that that's the perfect place for it. And I think it makes it more accessible to a wider audience. I think you're both absolutely right. I think Netflix needs to take more risks in the kind of content that they acquire rather than just saying, all right, this is something by, the, by a known director with a known actor. It's not going to get the, you know, sort of the, the box office results that we want, so we'll, we'll take it off your hands. Um, I think, yeah, I think there maybe needs to be like a new sub-platform I mean, like Netflix introducing, you know. Mm. Yeah. If you've got any thoughts on whether Netflix and cinema can ever inter- 
interplace each other. Uh, tweet us your thoughts. What, what was the last film you saw at the cinema and what was the last big film that you saw on Netflix that you wouldn't have gone to see at the cinema? But tweet us your thoughts. You can find us on, online, Twitter at Geeky Brummy. Iron Man 2, a.k.a. Super Suit Boogaloo. In Russia, the media covers Tony Stark's disclosure of his identity as Iron Man. Ivan Vanko, whose father Anton has just died, watches with his bird and begins to put together his own miniature arc reactor, similar to Stark. Six months later, Stark is a superstar and is using his Iron Man suit to make peace across the world and re- resist government pressure to hand over his designs, saying the arc reactor technology is years away from duplication. He reinstitutes the Stark Expo to continue his father Howard's legacy. Excelsior! The palladium core in the arc reactor that keeps Stark alive and powers the armor is slowly poisoning him, and he cannot find a substitute leading to many green smoothies and lots of black traces along his veins. Growing reckless and depressed about his impending death and choosing not to tell anybody about his condition, Starks appoints his personal assistant Pepper, CEO of Stark Industries, and hires Stark employee Natalie Rushman to replace her as his personal assistant. Stark competes in the Monaco Historic Grand Prix, bumping into Hammer and Elon Musk on the way. Halfway through the race, he is attacked by Vanko, who wheels electrified whips powered by his own arc reactor. Stark dons his suitcase Mark V armor and defeats Vanko, but his suit is severely damaged, as is his car. Vanko explains his intention was not to defeat Iron Man, but to prove the world that he, Iron Man is not invincible. Impressed by Vanko's performance, Stark's rival, Justin Hammer, fakes Vanko's death, busts him out of prison, and wants his own line of armored suits to beat Stark to the punch and win a military contract. During what Stark believes is his final birthday party, he gets drunk whilst wearing his Mark IV suit. Disgusted, Rhodes dons Stark's Mark II armour from downstairs and tries to restrain him. The fight ends in a stalemate and Rhodes thinks he can't trust Stark anymore so takes the Mark II from the US Air Force. Nick Fury approaches Stark revealing Rushman to be Agent Natasha Romanoff aka the Black Widow and Howard Stark was one of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s founders whom Fury knew personally. Fury explains that Ranko's father jointly invented the arc reactor with Stark but when Anton tried to sell it for a profit Stark had him deported. Fury gives Stark some of his father's old materials and Stark discovers a hidden message in the diorama of the 1974 Stark Expo. It proves to be a diagram of a structure of a brand new element. With the aid of Jarvis Stark synthesizes it. When he learns Vanko is still alive he places the new untested element into his arc reactor which cures his palladium sickness. At the Expo Hammer unveils Vanko's new armoured drones, led by Rhodes in a heavily weaponised version of the Mark II armour. Stark arrives in the Mark VI armour to warn Rhodes, but remotely Vanko takes control of both Rhodes' armour and the drones and attacks Iron Man. Hammer is arrested by Pepper, whilst Romanoff and Stark's bodyguard Happy Hogan go after Vanko at Hammer's factory in New York. Vanko escapes, but Romanoff manages to return the control of the Mark II armour back to Rhodes. Stark and Rhodes together defeat Vanko and his drones, with Vanko committing suicide by blowing up his suit along with all the defeated drones. At a debriefing, Fury informs Stark that because of his difficult personality issues, S.H.I.E.L.D. intends to only use him as a consultant for the meantime. In a post credit scene, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Phil Holson reports the discovery of a large hammer at the bottom of a crater in a desert in New Mexico. Thor, a.k.a. Shakespeare in Space it is 965 AD. Odin, king of Asgard, wages war against the frost giants of Jotunheim and their leader Laufey to prevent them from conquering the Nine Realms, starting with Earth. The Asgardian warriors defeat the frost giants and seize the source of their power, the Casket of Ancient Winters. Back to the present day, Odin's son Thor prepares to ascend to the throne of Asgard. 
but this is interrupted when the Frost Giants attempt to retrieve the casket of ancient winters. Against Odin's order, Thor travels to Jotunheim to confront Laufey, accompanied by his brother Loki, childhood friend Sif, and the Warriors Three, Falstag, Fandral, and Hogan. A battle ensues until Odin intervenes to save the Asgardians, destroying the fragile truth between the two races. For Thor's arrogance, Odin strips his son of his godly powers and exiles him to Earth as a mortal, with his hammer Molinor along for the ride now protected by an enchantment that only allows the worthy to wield it. Thor lands in New Mexico where astrophysicist Dr. Jane Foster, assistant Darcy and mentor Dr. Eric Selvig find him. The local populace finds Molnir Excelsior! which S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Phil Coulson soon commandeers before forcibly acquiring Jane's data about the Bifrost that delivered Thor to Earth. Thor, after having discovered Molnir's nearby location, seeks to retrieve it from the facility that S.H.I.E.L.D. quickly constructed, but finds himself unable to lift it and is captured by Coulson and Hawkeye's team. With Selvig's help, he is freed and resigns himself to exile on Earth as he develops a romance with Jane. Loki discovered he is in fact Lofay's biological son, adopted after the end of the war. A weary Odin falls into the deep Odin sleep to recover his strengths. Whilst this happens, Loki seizes the throne in Odin's stead and offers Lofay the chance to kill Odin and retrieve the casket. Sif and the Warriors Three, unhappy with Loki's rule, attempt to return Thor from exile, convincing Heimdall, gatekeeper of the Bifrost, to allow them passage to Earth. Aware of their plan, Loki sends the Destroyer and Automaton to pursue them and kill Thor. The Warriors find Thor, but before anything can happen, the Destroyer attacks and defeats them, prompting Thor to offer himself instead. Struck by the Destroyer's beam and near death, Thor's sacrifice proves him finally worthy of the ability to wield Mjolnir. The hammer returns to him, restoring his powers and enabling him to defeat the destroyer. Kissing Jane goodbye and vowing to return him and his fellow Asgardians leave to confront Loki. In Asgard, Loki betrays and kills Laufey, revealing his true plan to use Laufey's attempt on Odin's life as an excuse to destroy Jotunheim with the Bifrost Bridge, thus proving himself worthy through the phone to his adopted father. Thor arrives and strands Loki before destroying the Bifrost Bridge to stop Loki's plan stranding himself in Asgard. Odin awakes and prevents the brothers from falling into the abyss created in the wake of the bridge's destruction, but Loki apparently commits suicide by allowing himself to fall when Odin rejects his pleas for approval. Thor then makes amends with Odin, admitting he is not ready to be king, whilst on Earth, Jane and her team search for a way on how to open a portal to Asgard. In the post credit scene, Selvig is taken to a S.H.I.E.L.D. facility, where Nick Fury opens a briefcase and asks him to study a mysterious Q-shaped object, which Fury says may hold untold powers. An invisible Loki prompts Selvig to agree, and he does. Thanks for that, Ryan. That was a pretty uh, epic recap of the uh, next two movies in the Marvel franchise. Uh, we're going to cu- start off with our thoughts on uh, Iron Man 2. Uh, what did people think of the return of Robert Downey Jr. to the Iron Man suit? Controversially, I prefer it to the first one. I agree. You agree? Yeah, the first one's boring. I watched it a few It weeks. is. Thank you. I feel like I'm the only person that finds the first one drags on way too much. I mean, I know it's nice because it's his starting place, but... But origin stories are are boring. I mean, yeah. that's why Doctor Strange was such a slog to get through, because it was basically Iron Man with magic instead of metal. It was just, I, I like, agree. not quite not quite as good Iron Man. Um, that's, that was my grope with that movie. They tried to make him too much like Iron Man when it's... Just oh, let Iron Man another, be Iron Man. Yeah, he's another rich, genius douche with the moustache. Let Doctor yeah. Strange be Doctor Strange and let Iron Man be Iron Man. But to back, back, back to, to Iron, Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2, um, yeah, no, I, I, I watched it, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the introduction of um, Black Widow. Um, mm. I mean, that's kind of all I have to say really yeah well I think it was like the first time they actually realised what they were doing in the universe so like you have Iron Man and 
Hulk and they're kind of like, they're okay, but they're patchy in style. But this is the first time when they started having that style of how the rest of the films are and actually mm. playing by the rules of mm. what the cinematic universe is and what they were trying to do, like laying the groundwork. Isn't, and isn't Iron Man 2 the first post credit sequence with um, Nick Fury? Or was that in, was that in no, the first one? That's in the first one, yeah. But they definitely start to build on the idea that they know they're moving forwards with building a bigger universe and i quite like this one as well because i quite quite like the fact that we got sam rockwell uh in in that movie as well he's a great actor i always love to see him and i thought that mickey rourke did a pretty good uh job of playing whiplash you know it was yeah. what, he, he was pretty he was pretty decent in that character it was good to see mickey rourke on on film again and i think it was a good it was good it was a good movie it kind of pushed things forward it pushed that marvel universe forward and i was quite con- intrigued by it It was one of the first times we started to get a trailer that had stuff that wasn't in the movie so we have the kind of there's a whole conversation in the trailer of tony and pepper and he chucks that she chucks the helmet out and he dives out and we don't get that in the film and that's kind of like one of the things i've kind of missed that kind of interplay between um pepper and um and tony which is quite nice uh so moving on then for um Go on, Phil. <laughs> okay, so I, I remember when this first came out and I just, I got what they were trying to do by having Kenneth Branagh direct a superhero film. Um, but the thing is, here's the thing. That I don't I, that, superheroes. Exactly, but this, this is what I don't think that anyone told the people on set. You're not doing Shakespeare. <laughs> and you might be doing these incredibly arch accents and you might think that you're doing King Lear, but you're really not. It's Lord of the Rings fanfic in Asgard and then they blow all that budget on Asgard, and then that, that's why they have to set the rest of the film in this tiny town in the middle of nowhere. I like the tiny town, though. I feel like we don't get enough tiny towns in movies now. It's because you're a tiny person, so you'll fit there nicely. <laughs> um, but basically, I think it, just, it took itself really, really too seriously. Uh, what I did like about it was Kat Dennings, um, and this is what I enjoyed about the second full film as well. I agree. Um, is that <laughs> she, she, she's really the only injection of humour that you yeah. get. Um, and even like with the fish-out-of-water elements of you know a, a, a Norse god, Who's stripped of his powers and dumped in New Mexico? Um, that that whole bit, you know, and him, and him sort of smashing the coffee cup and saying more and all—it's bits of it worked and were funny. And I think this is that's the bit of Thor that they decided to really work with for Ragnarok, and that's why yeah. that was so good. They realised that actually Thor is a bit of an oaf, and as long as you lean into that, you can have a lot of fun with it. But it took itself too seriously as a first outing. But this yeah. is the thing, with every first superhero story in a movie, it's always going to be quite straightforward, quite dull, because they have so much just, like, pieces to put in place before liked, they can tell other stories. I liked the concept of having, like, Shakespeare and Thor, but it, the execution just wasn't right. I personally loved Thor. I thought it was a great movie. And the one good thing that it gave us was Chris Hemsworth as Thor in the yeah. Marvel oh, Universe. Yeah. What a man, 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 what a man. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you what I hate, what I really, really hate. Oh, I'll tell you what I hate, what I really, really hate. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna tell you really, 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 really hate this. <laughs> wow. That was magnificent. <laughs> that was perfect. You've got competition, mate. Oh, well, I feel like I inspired Phil uh, to that level of greatness. Just Absolutely. That, just that my lyrical uh, and vocal um, just wasn't up to it. Wasn't up to it. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a Spice Girls kind of singer. I'm more kind of, you know... Deeper, deeper sound. <laughs> so, so just in case um, it wasn't clear, we're playing another round of Why It's Rubbish. Long time gone feature. We haven't done this one in a while. Probably a couple of weeks, isn't it? No, it's been more than that. We've gone a bit angry. We it's been a couple out. months, I think. We, which should have given us all sufficient time to find something we dislike. 
So yes. who, who, who wants to head up first? Who's got their most hated thing on the tip of their tongue? Mm. I'm looking at you, Guy, because you've usually got a few. I've got a double bagger. Uh, well, let's, oh. let's, let's go for it. I've got a double bagger. Uh, okay, the first one is, you know when you're like sat on a bus or a train and then somebody gives you the stank eye because you're sat in a seat? It's like they're almost looking at you like, oh, I wish I had that seat. And they just look at you like, Evilly. It's kind of like, well, I got on here first, I'm having this seat. So you just get that look of kind of like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have minded that seat. But it's like, well, there's sort of a seat to go and find it. You know, I just don't get that mentality of like, you get on a train, if that seat's taken, don't stare at the person like they're your worst enemy because they've got a seat, especially if you've got plenty of room to sit. Maybe I've encountered this. this Nobody else seems to have encountered this. This uh, just seems to be you. No, I, 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 I get that stink eye occasionally. And it's like, you know what? Maybe you should have booked a seat like I did. Uh-huh. Oh. I think the only time I've got like stink eye on a train was like, I was sat doing, I was trying to do, sit and do some editing on the train. Um, and my laptop was running out of charge. So I got up to try and move to find another seat where there was a plug socket. Um, and I got the worst thing from everybody else on the train just look at me for like how dare you choose to move your seat like you have a seat and you're trying to find another seat maybe they were judging you because you look like a sort of man who'd uh, go into an affair (laughs) (laughs) you're just making it sound like I'm having an affair now you might be having an affair we don't know how this is going to pan out yet Callan to be honest with you I'm hoping that you have an affair no I'm joking Uh, (laughs) more drama for the show exactly (laughs) Um, second one that has annoyed me is if you go to see so Watch a Trailer online and it, it, it says only in cinemas. So it's it's not because it's going to get released on Blu-ray. It's going to come on Sky Movies at some point. It's eventually going to make it to terrestrial TV. So it's not only in cinemas. It is at that time, but it will never just be only in cinemas. If I hear the word only, I expect that to be the case. So like we are only in this studio or I am only eating jammy dodgers I'd expect to be only eating jammy dodgers for the rest of my life not only in cinemas what's happened to Guy he's got too happy I I feel like you're reaching for things to be annoyed about (laughs) you're actually struggling for things to be annoyed about this is worrying I was annoyed I've been stressed with other stuff but I was annoyed by that because it was on a trailer from Melissa McCarthy film I was thinking there's no way that Melissa McCarthy film is only going to be in cinemas it's It's going to be Everywhere exactly. until we're sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> Even got, though love Melissa McCarthy, uh, if you're listening, Mel, we love you. Come on the show. I've got, a, I've got like a notebook of things to be angry about, and okay, you're just like on, stealing the surface, right? Okay. He, he sure. has literally got a notebook. He's I've just opened notebook the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> should I, should I do, should I just go one, or should I just run through a few? Well, give, us, give us a list. Us a okay, list. right. So, email receipts. I am uh, fed we up. We talked about this last week. Oh yeah, email receipts, mailing list. Yes, we talked about it last week. Go listen back to last week. Is this like a fantastic read, is this episode? Like a read receipt, like basically, or something like, like so? Calendar says read your email. No, 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 no. I didn't even know they were a thing, but they sound terrible as well. No, <laughs> you know when you go into a shop, you buy something. And they say, "Do you want? Do you oh, want an email, email receipt? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, just give me no, the receipt. give me a paper Screen receipt. Planet, give me a piece of paper. Yeah. Yes, give me a piece of paper because all you're gonna do is send me a bunch of stupid emails that I don't want. Right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I get that. Right. Uh, those people that try really hard, you know, the people that try really hard to impress someone. So like, it could well, be like someone that you work with. It could be someone you work with, like in your office. Um, so. Uh, 
You know that sort of person that's always like sucking up to the boss. It's like, oh, going above and beyond when it's like, no. How just... dare they go above and beyond and be like, do their job? <laughs> Honestly, what a kiss ass. There's a, no, but there's, yeah, doing, I, there's I doing your job, and then there's being like next level, like over the top. Like, oh, yeah, I know. Just calm down, yeah. stop it. I agree. Right. Um, fire alarms. Right. <laughs> Kind of useful to be fair, Callum. Fire safety is no laughing matter, Callum. Just, just because it what? Let me guess. Woke you up and you had to like leave your room. <laughs> yes, I did. But my well, point... would you rather you know what? Like stay asleep and then just suffocate to death in smoke? No, but why can't I? Because I would. Right. I would rather you did that. We get new phone. Fo- <laughs> right. We get new phone. <laughs> right. We we get new phones. We get new other bits of technology every year. But why can't they reinvent the fire? Uh, the fire alarms so it sort of like tells me where the problem is because like in my bl- in my you block the fire, is, <laughs> the fire alarm always goes off in the one the same place it's and it's designed like... to make you panic and leave very quickly like, yes, I, I remember an incident at uni where I think a fire alarm would have been really useful when my good friend Dave who listens to the podcast filled our kitchen full of popcorn <laughs> smoke and then it turned yellow a fire alarm is useful kind of for situations like that when potentially in a student accommodation as well it's a life of death situation happening most of the time because students aren't the most practical I know but like it, it, no offence to students listening, but we know we've all been there. Don't uh, don't get me wrong; like they are serious, and I joke about this. But the fire alarms are serious things. But like mine always goes off because the people in the upstairs flat burn stuff in the kitchen because they use the stove and, what they, they, and they just burn it every, I, literally every week without. I fail. think the idea of fire alarms giving the option to decide if it's sufficiently far enough away for you to ignore <laughs> is not a good way to go. Like, the you're, fire, in a, you're in a safe zone. No, you're good. no, 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 it's not that. I want it to tell me where the issue is. I want it to be like there is a fire in the upstairs kitchen. There is a fire in the bathroom. And this may still affect you. <laughs> Get out of the building. <laughs> or No, but even if it's just like, there is some smoke. There is an actual fire. There's like, yeah, there's like differences I feel of like, scale here. No, Callan, you don't want a snooze button on a fire alarm, okay? No, I'm, 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 I'm binning this. This is not <laughs> okay, a white rubbish. Okay. The fire is now outside your door. <laughs> Uh, I think I better move. If you out. want to invent this and see if it gets somewhere, I can and go- then the first time someone dies, you're getting sued until you are homeless. I can guarantee this is a weird news story in the making. Uh, young young fetus designs fire alarm, which involves him not having to put much effort in. People die as a result. Oh. Uh, yeah, anyway, um, physically writing things. Oh my stuff. god! Oh my god! This is this is the best. You are the laziest human I have ever met. <laughs> I had to do an exam the other day, and it was just like, oh my god, my wrist actually aches from like writing I'll for like an hour. Wrist two hours. Hours. <laughs> it's all the uh, it's all the uh, messages you're sending to your uh, nefarious lover <laughs> and sparkling water. Oh, for god. what? <laughs> I, I thought I bought stuff. Thought it was flat water. Turned out to be sparkling water. Went everywhere. And this is also why you read. Seriously, you, all of your problems would be solved if you just made the bare minimum of effort in anything. Do you like shuffle around with your eyes and ears closed at all times? Sort of. This, this is a man who uses water as a compass. Bear in mind. <laughs> So if it goes everywhere, you're like, which direction do I go in? <laughs> where, 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 where do I go? Especially if the house is on fire. Like, oh, which direction do I go to get out? That's what. That's why he hates sparkling water because there's loads of bubbles in it. And he's getting confused. He's kind of like, I can't read anything from looking at this. So go on, uh, go on then, guys. What, well, I think you've what set the you gauntlet have? there. To be honest with you, man. <laughs> um, so mine, it, my 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 pick this week: gender reveals. 
I don't care about your baby. <laughs> I don't. I don't care if it comes. With, I don't care if it comes with an innie or an outie. Like your, it's just like oh, I, I get it. You know what? You had a baby shower. That's fine. You're gonna have a christening. That's fine. Oh, like you just want to have like another excuse to get more attention, basically because what? Like you forgot to use a condom that one time nine, nine minutes ago. <laughs> you know what happens when I have unprotected sex? I go to a clinic. <laughs> I know I agree. I'm, I'm not interested in the baby stuff. It's just like, well done. You, you, you know, you did this basic biological process that humans have been doing for millions of years. I don't care. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of that person who would probably do a gender reveal just to be like extra publicity, extra like. You're basic. We, we which though? We, well, hang on a minute. You do this on the Jeremy Carl show with your two partners, your girlfriend, and your various <laughs> lover. So, are you, do you, you keep using the word nefarious. That's not a word. Is it not? Do you mean nefarious? <laughs> which means like I evil. Think, I think maybe. Yeah. Well, he is evil if he cheats on his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking nefarious. That's a word we're now using. Is nefarious, Callan. You are a nefarious human being. <laughs> Keith, your your choice. I, my, I think I feel mine is is terribly trivial now compared to all of those. Um, I don't like breathing. <laughs> no, what what I've found myself getting annoyed by quite a bit recently is pushy apps. Apps that when you turn them on go. Would you like to turn on notifications? Would uh, you like to turn on location services? Unless it's on a fire alarm, I don't want notifications. <laughs> but I, I think I, I think I'm, I updated Facebook Messenger or something on my phone this week, and every time I started it up was, "Do you want to turn on notifications?" It's like no, and then literally there's a big red dot in the corner of the screen, predominantly taking up all the space. Going, we'd just like to remind you that you haven't turned on notifications yet, or, or <laughs> would you like to share your location? Mm, not really. So it's like. When I say no, Would I you mean like to no. give us more and more of your tasted delicious data. Yeah, it's like <laughs> just stop being so pushy, man. You're just an app. Just like when I say no, that's it. But pushy computers. No means no. Hashtag me too. Yeah. Actually, going maybe off not what... in that sense. <laughs> going off what you said, actually, that'd be really sensible. Like a fire alarm that sends a notification to your phone. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> to be fair, I think they do already exist. Like the whole smart home, you know, trend. Where your entire home is, is controlled by, you know, a device of your choice, whether it's your tablet or your iPhone or whatever. They probably would have like a little push notification like, ding, your house is on fire. Callum, what but then you... if you get so used to ignoring all these push notifications, because <laughs> you're like, oh, update your location. Oh, update your status, blah, blah, blah. So by the time you get a little ding going, your house is on fire, you're like, oh, I don't care. And you don't even look at it and then you die. And also, what if your phone's on silent? That's a true problem. But then I think you notice that... So maybe in the retrospect, no. fire alarm might be a good idea. Though. Or they just have your an- really annoying smartphone alarm clock go off because, oh my God, that noise pierces through my very soul. <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> I, am, I, am I the only one that like picks a tune that they actually like for well, their alarm like, clock? Oh yeah, bang, I'm going to keep this on. And then I'm, I'm going to stay in there. Oh, no, I'm no, not going to reach out. I don't go for like an actual song, but you go for, just for like... I like... I just have piano music for like my alarm in the morning, so I just wait up to like. Well, fancy Mr. Schubert over here. <laughs> no, but it's so peaceful to wake up in the morning. It likes, ah, you just gradually wake up, or is it like? I'm wondering whether he actually means in the morning, because as a student, morning, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, fairly yeah, certain yeah. he's probably going to be middle of the afternoon. Also, keep as well the notifications if you actually got your notifications turned back on, you'd probably just get up there and kind of like, I really hate writing today. <laughs> 
God, my whole house burnt down and I had to move. I'm just lying by ass, but I don't care because I'm not getting up. This was bottled water, am I right? I tried to put this fire out with sparkling water, but it didn't do anything. I shook this this bottle up to see whether it was sparkly or not, and it exploded everywhere. I feel like maybe Callan isn't listing things that are rubbish. He's just trying out, like, the world's worst stand-up routine. (laughs) You know sparkling water? Have you seen it? What's, what's the deal there? What's, what's, what's that? Am I right? Right. Am I right? What's, what's that the deal like? with fire safety? <laughs> Polygamy. What's that about? <laughs> oh, you a farious man, Callum. <laughs> I like the fact that Callum's now invented it. We, as a result of that, Guy's now invented a new I word want a for t-shirt it. now that just says Afarious on it. Well, then you're just like telling your girlfriends what's happened then, haven't you? I mean, yeah, you, you wouldn't be having many affairs if that, <laughs> if that was the case. You don't advertise the fact that you're looking for affairs. It's not a word. Afarious, I get it now. It's like nefarious and affair crossed over. Yeah, yeah just it's that. cool. It's good. I like it. <coughs> you like know Alan? Coughing away there Sorry. in the corner. I don't know. Coughing, what's that about? <laughs> You're not funny. <laughs> Callum here smoking 40 a day. Coming soon to the Glee Club, Callum Dane's comedy radio show. <laughs> Coming soon, Callum Dane's starring in mundane objects. Anger. Here's my list of things that do make no sense to me. Fires, life, air, water. What are these things for? Do you get me? Yeah. I mean, they could find a way to get rid of air. That would be cool. <laughs> okay, okay, le- okay. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to suggest that we wrap this up because <laughs> I am not even a listener of the show and already I want to kill myself. So. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up in a slightly different way to how Ryan would do uh, uh, on his as the, as the regular captain. So uh, we'll sign off for this week, but also could you give people out there in podcast land... Uh, Something geeky that might, uh, you know, inspire them, entertain them, or uh, kind of, you know, they might find they haven't checked out before. Whether it's music, comic, TV show, anything else, just a little bit more, because the, you know, we don't get an awful lot of time in the show to say, you know, other things that people should be checking out. So, is there anything? You put the pressure on it. Put pressure on this. This is taking me by surprise. I was just expecting to say my Twitter handles. <laughs> well, why don't you start us off, Keith? Okay, you can find me on the t- on the Twitters as uh, Hardluck underscore Hotel and everywhere else without the underscore. And I think that people should be checking out a um, the current. I've mentioned it before, but the current Milk Wars series that's going on through DC Comics. We're now into the third part. <laughs> Uh, it's basically kind of like it's young animal meets the DC universe. So they kind of taken this idea of like Superman as a milkman, Batman as a uh, as a priest, and um, Wonder Woman as kind of like a housewife type thing. And they cross mixing mixing characters up. So um, we've had Doom Patrol and JLA, um, Mother Panic and Batman, and this week we had Shade the Changing Girl and Wonder Woman. Uh, it's building up to a big thing, and it's going to change the um, DC universe. But it's it's a good-looking series, some really nice stories going on on there. And I'm a big fan of the Gerard Way's Young Animal imprint over at DC. Uh, it's worth checking out. It's kind of probably you know slipping people's radars because they're kind of you know not the most popular characters that, that that are the major features like the Mother Panics and the Doom Patrol stuff. But it's definitely worth checking out. And um, three issues in should be fairly easy to get those. And we've got a couple more issues to come. So definitely uh, get out there and pick up something a little bit different from your normal comic sweet okay I think I've got, I've got one 
So you can find me on uh, Twitter at Guy underscore Halford and on Instagram Vinyl Guy H. I'm not currently posting records because my neighbour is nasty and won't let me listen to them because he'll just hit my walls. Screw you. Um, <laughs> I recommend moving out. That's my recommendation. <laughs> um, uh, no, uh, my uh, my recommendation. It's it's been a massive hit for Channel Four. I actually wasn't. I was unsure about it at first. Well, I thought I'm not going to watch this. Now I chanced it and I ended up watching it all pretty much in succession. Derry Girls. It's a. Uh, oh, I've heard good things about this. It's yeah. very funny. If you liked the Inbetweeners, if you liked Drifters, um, it's kind of a combination between those. Maybe a bit of Father Ted sense of humour as well. It, it's just—it's about four girls and a lad in school in Ireland in the 90s. It's very funny. It's silly. They're all a bunch of idiots. It, it's a good new sitcom, and I highly recommend it. I, I very much enjoyed it. So there's some great characters in there. Mauricio. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Philip underscore Ellis. That's Philip with one L, Ellis with two. And if you do find me on Twitter, you will see that I am basically just... It's a, it's an Adam Rippon stan account these days. Um, and that's what I'm going to recommend. I'm going to recommend that you watch the Olympic figure skating because it's just the most fabulous extra thing going on right now. And it's uh, it's amazing. And I love how everyone is suddenly becoming an armchair expert in what a triple axel is and isn't. What's a triple axel? I don't know. Uh, I don't need a recommendation Um, but your twitter handle is D-A-Y-N-E-S-R-A-D-I-O Danes Radio Danes Radio and you can find him browsing Ashley Madison (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think we were going to get that this week I was kind of hoping we would Uh, yes so that's my twitter handle Instagram has uh, underscore in the middle um my recommendation for the week. I'd recommend. I'll give them. I'll give them a plug. Um, anything for from Forbidden Planet because I went in there the other day. <laughs> that <laughs> oh, no, no, is no, 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 broad. No, no, no. Wow. Right. I went in there the other day. They seem to. I don't know if they. I don't know if it's a sale, but they seem to have quite a lot of like um, offers on on certain comics. Like, I noticed they've got, um, they had uh, Ven- the Venomverse that we talked about earlier, the uh, Defenders, um, some other ones as well, I couldn't remember. Um, so yeah, go in, pick up something. Do you know my recommendation to you, Callan? <laughs> it's picking up a book on fire safety and learning why fire <laughs> alarms are important. <laughs> Superman turned, tells you why fire safety is important. And of course, we also recommend that you like, subscribe, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you find quality content. And you can find us on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at Kiki Brummy. What's Ryan's Twitter handle? Ryan um, is just at Ryan Parish. Hold on, uh, why are we why are we promoting him? He hasn't come in this his, week. It's his show. He's, he's our captain. He hasn't been in well, this week. Well, you're going to be fired now. It's You've just been... dug yourself a hole. You God, you, you're getting yourself in trouble this week. You're going to get dumped by your girlfriend. You're going to get dumped by your show. You're going to burn in a fire. It's like, you're not good. You've had a good week. You're going to have a bad week next week, mate. <laughs> it's mutiny. He's left his post. You, you can know? also find Ryan Parish hiding under a washing basket. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you all for tuning in to this week's Geeky Brummy Show, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you'd like to join our listener supporters, please join us at patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio.